0: Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. And Blake, is this you trying not to yell into the microphone? Yeah, we've had some feedback <laughs> that apparently me yelling into the, the microphone well, really it's only, only do people. It, you only do it at one particular time. Is that right? Yeah, one one person loves it, John Christopher, <clears throat> former employee of, of uh, Land Speed Records, but he's actually um, known for screaming into microphones, so I wasn't surprised. That Nothing he, wrong he, with that. He but enjoyed it. This is Raiders Review with Blake and the Port, coming
1: to you from the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in Civic, of which the location we will
0: never reveal, won't, will we? Blake? No, it's quite cold in here today, isn't it, Tim? It is very, very cold in here. But it's good of you. Filthy and cold. It's good of you to have come out of your ivory tower mm. in the public service and, and come down and see how the other half live. See how the other half live, yeah. yeah. A lot of us work in, in mostly dirt. in filth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mostly in filth, I've got to tell you. In, this this is, of course, is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the inter Net. Uh, Internet, not the interwebs, because apparently that's poor. (laughs) So we're getting a lot of feedback about why people hate me. So that's that's fair enough. I guess that's the role I play. Everyone loves Blake. Everyone hates me. That's cool. Uh, We're brought to you with the very dubious and qualified support of uh, the Greenhouse, uh, the number one Raiders fan forum. Get on there and get arguing. It is fantastic. So
0: let's get into football, Blake. What are we going to talk about first? Uh, I think we're going to talk about the win over the Bulldogs first. How did you feel? Very relieved, very yep. relieved. It was. It was very stressful towards the end there. It and, really was. Uh, and look, you know, the Bulldogs. You look at that team on paper. Um, they're not world beaters, mm. but they put up a fight. And, oh, they did. Uh, it they was, put it up was a good fight. It was. It was, a, it was a tough game. I don't know how many other teams we would have beaten, realistically, mm. with with the team. Because I mean, let's face it. Our team on paper was was looking pretty pretty weak too mm, mm. and uh, it was uh, you know the inclusion of John Bateman the comeback I think was massive for us mm. apart from um, not only what he, he did on the field I just think his presence would have lifted yeah, the, yeah. the rest of the troops And uh, I agree with that look I, I think the thing about John Bateman is this um, he gives the opposition no
1: peace when he's got the ball in his hand he gives the opposition no peace. They're constantly having to say, my God, here he comes again. And when they've got the ball in their hands, he gives the opposition no peace. He is always in their face. He's 80 minutes worth of absolute trouble, and and he's just brilliant. And he's our 80 minutes of trouble. And once more, we love John Bateman, don't we here? We do. We do. do. I, I mean... We, we just freaking love him. I mean, I just... I love Elliot Whitehead, right? I love Elliot Whitehead. I think he's funny. I think he's a great player. I think he's probably the hardest man at the club. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, you could say that. I think he's the hardest man in the club. I don't think anyone hits as hard as him as consistently and does much damage. I, I don't think we have a tougher player in our club. But John Bateman, there's something about him, you know. It really is that King of the North thing, where you just think to yourself, "But King of the North with that cheeky grin—it's sort of like you've taken Jon Snow and Ramsay Bolton and taken <laughs> all the best parts of them and putting them together. And you know, it, it's like Ramsay Snow. There are Snow. good, there are
0: good, there are, there are good parts of uh, Ramsay Bolton. There are. His
1: obnoxious <laughs> smile and and the way he went about annoying the crap out of people was good. He just was doing it for evil. But if you take the good parts of Jon Snow and say he does, imagine Jon Snow doing all this stuff with a cheeky grin. Would we have loved John Snow more? Because I think that's what John Bateman is. I think he is a mixture of Ramsey Bolton and John Snow, all the good parts of both of them whacked together to make this just superb human who I love. I absolutely love you, John Bateman. Are you just wonderful? So watching him play was great, and that strange
0: try he scored in the corner was fantastic. It was good. It was good to see. Just doesn't give up. You know, he competes in everything, and yeah. But Not many players would have scored that try. No, but... Uh, no, that's
1: right. And that um, that uh, young CNK man that we got, Charles Nichol Klack, Klokstad, um every week, I think we all, as
0: Raiders supporters, love him more and more. He's getting better every week. He's sort of... He's really... Um, he's really just, just growing and thriving. And, you know, it's incredible at the start of the year. You know, He'd only played a handful of games on the mm-hmm. wing, and now he's, you know, arguably the safest fullback at the back. I mean, apart from... Um, those first couple of kicks against the Titans in, in round one that he let bounce. Mm. I don't think he's dropped a bomb. And he's been tested time after oh, time yeah. after time.
1: Yeah, they're going for other things. And but this is the thing. His last line defence tackles has constantly saved us. The one against Canterbury case in point where he stops that motion by not just tackling the player but smashing them into touch and yeah, giving them no option. You know, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but, you know, and there's been other ones where, you know, you think how is he going to stop that guy and somehow he pulls him to the ground and it's great, but he's getting out of the end goal, Yeah. you know, so we're not, we're not giving the ball back to size because he's getting us out of the end goal. He's constantly making incisive runs and putting us on the front foot um, and he does it all as a lovely young man. Like, yeah. not only is he a fantastic player who we're just honoured and so it's so good to have him here, but he's a really good bloke yeah. as well. So, seems like just a a genuinely nice guy. So, we love him too. But a big ups for for the match, because they were were the two standout players for mine
0: um, on the weekend against the Bulldogs. The other other one that, you know, did really well, and unfortunately is going to be out for a couple of weeks now, Corey Horsburgh. He really stood out. He really did again. He ran, I think it was 130, 140 metres. He played um, the majority of the first half straight, which is a big, you know, a big effort for a young starting prop to play. I think he played like over 30 minutes in the first half. Crazy. Yeah. Too? He's got and hot wire in his head. I know. And the things he done and said. <laughs> and um, he did most of it because he hurt his elbow quite early on and he chipped his chipped yeah. his elbow or something yeah. quite early and on. I can, I've done that and it hurts. And yeah. I
1: didn't do it quite as well as he did it either. So to go on is impressive. No, he's impressive. It's a pity he's out. Um, another person that I wanted to draw attention to was when it was down, when things were looking really, really bad, one captain of the club, Jared Croker, stepped up with a
0: superb one-on-one strip. It when was it really mattered. It was a big play. Um, he didn't have the best of nights, uh, all in all, and uh, he's he's copped a lot of he's copped a lot of criticism, i have mm-hmm. from the fan base. Um, a lot of which I think is a bit uh, harsh and unjust. Um, I think all the, the people who are criticising Jared Croker can go to hell. He's having
1: his best season for years. Um, he's really stood up he, he, with ball in hand, attacking. He hasn't been this good since 2016. Yeah. Um, and in defence, he had know, a couple
0: of poor reads against. He's sports. had a
1: couple of poor reads, but in, in general, his defence has been really good. And a lot of what his issues are in defence is he's still getting used to a constantly reshuffled bloody defensive line because yeah. people are constantly in and out. Um, no, you, we won't be harassing Jared Croker at all. Not on this podcast. You know. No. He... Uh,
0: it seems with Raiders fans though, there's at, at any point in time there is a whipping boy. Oh yeah. And for whatever reason. He seems to be the current one. Yeah, well, I think that's unjust and unfair. And,
1: in fact, in our side at this present moment, if I was going to have a whipping boy... It'd be um, Sam Williams? No, it would not be Sammy Williams. <laughs> Sammy Williams is tackling efficiency. He's making more tackles than pretty much
0: any other half in the, in the, the league. Yeah, because they run at him so much. He yeah, wasn't, but, again, he and was... And he's missing sweet FA. He was he was targeted a lot against the Bulldogs, and they did consistently make a lot of, a lot of yardage. I mean, he wasn't totally... Um, Missing the tackles, but he he's not. It takes a lot for him to bring the players down. So they were making a lot of metres, and they were getting a lot of quick play the balls. Look, Ricky Stewart's put his flags
1: on the mast by this week and the number seven jersey is Sam Williams and not Aidan Caesar, and and that's Look, you know the, like and Ricky Stewart puts a an absolute premium on defence. I'm not
0: mad that Ricky has um, gone with um, Williams over Caesar for this game, but I could have. Just as uh, been happy for him to have gone with Caesar, because oh, Caesar had a good game. Caesar had a good game, and he I have no Bulldogs. problem with that either. He did. But I have no did. problem with Sammy staying there either. Caesar did everything he possibly could. He ran at every opportunity. He tackled well. Um, he certainly didn't, you know. He didn't come in sulking. He came in and gave put his best foot forward. Yeah, he did. And it was it was a good performance. He knew he would. And well, not not necessarily. And the other thing I really noticed about him, and, and you know, you kind of forget what he's so good at. Tidying up at the back, there was that one kick where he—he's good at reading those those plays on the line, and he consistently comes up with those. And it was evident again in that game.
1: Yeah, no, and he's got a lot to offer, and and like I, I reckon it could have gone either way for who was going to wear the seven jumper this week. Um, and I think he did. I think Caesar did really well. Um, but uh, if I was going to be mad at any player at this present moment, it would be Hudson Young. Um, because you know there's no
0: need for it, Hado. There's no need for it, Blake. No, it was it's bad look, stupid. Obviously, um, you know, the penalty in light of the Josh Maguire mm. one early in the year seems quite harsh. Mm. Like, I, if, if Maguire had got five weeks, I'd be totally cool totally with Hudson cool. Young getting five weeks. But it's just the, the glaring inconsistency which happens in the NRL week in, week out, which just makes the uh, long suffering fans scratch our heads. But do you know what it also does, Blake?
1: It grinds my gears, Blake. It grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Because that inconsistency is, is quite, quite amazing. Like, I've looked into this a little bit, as you can understand, and the reason that Josh McGuire only got a $3,500 fine and probably one of those really nasty letters from Todd Greenberg saying you've been a naughty boy, um, which is the sort you get when, you know, try and reef someone's genitals off <laughs> their body, looking at you, Kevin Proctor, um, proctologist is yeah. probably a very appropriate name given your habits mate um, but the only reason it didn't go forward was because Cameron Munster in spite of the fact he made it very clear that something had happened when he was asked by the referee grant Atkins at that point do you want to go on with this complaint he looked up
0: and he said no I don't it's it's a funny one that that, that whole like you know whether or not you want to make a formal complaint and, you know yeah. because it's like it's not the done thing to do and you're not one of no. the boys if you and but you. It, I am all for the NRL actually just going on the evidence. The same way, you yeah. know, that domestic violence should yeah. be prosecuted. Like, yeah. it, just because the victim withdraws their complaint doesn't yeah. mean it didn't happen and they should be punished.
1: And look, and when you look up in your Cameron Munster and you realise the person just groped your eyes out allegedly, um, well, you got a three thousand dollar, fi- three thousand five hundred dollar fine for it. So something must have happened there. Is your state of origin teammate who you're going to have to go into camp with? Maybe you first suddenly think, you know what, I'm not going to complain about it. But when Cameron Munster then does an interview in the sheds directly after the match and acknowledges, yeah, he got me. But Graham Annesley said, oh, but he didn't go on with the complaint. Well, he clearly didn't go on with the complaint, but the incident clearly happened. So what you're saying is the tree fell in the forest. Everyone heard, but as far as you're concerned, no one did. But on the other hand, uh, because Hudson Young went off and did it to Aidan Tolman, who was an upstanding individual as well, we should point out, he's not a grub in any way, shape or form, um, and and Aiden Tolman rightly gets up and says this happened because that goes through. It is the full weight of the law, weight of the law, country, country conduct. Um, and Huda Young is going to be sitting out five weeks for an I eye think... gouge, while Maguire gets a three thousand dollar five three thousand five hundred dollar fine. And it's completely inconsistent. It's glaringly inconsistent. It's completely unfair. Um, you can't operate this where. Clubs are trying to make money out of the system and have such inequity in a system. Because if you do, you're a bunch of incompetent fucking morons who don't give a fuck. And it grinds my gears, Blake. It grinds my gears. The thing I don't understand is why the club didn't fight it. Because... I think, when... because he, I, I think all the evidence was there that he did it. I'm not well, arguing in... whether he did it or not. I'm arguing the fact that we saw someone else do the same in, thing and get in... bugger all for exactly. it. Exactly,
0: and couldn't you bring that up? And And... No. Um, the, and, the way the law works is not whether
1: the other person should have got more; it's whether you did it or not.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And and, and, and as far as eye gouges go, it, it was you know it was more it was like a weird facial nose grab grub well, as look, opposed to a straight up. I'm going to try and look. And you gouge can say that at no stage was he looking there, but what was his hand doing there, bloke? No, exactly. It's a grubby thing to do, and and it's something you don't want to see in the game. But the penalty, I think, didn't fit the crime. No, and the fact that um, a bunch of Players, former players, well, commentators. No,
1: didn't fit, fit the priest of them.
0: Well, anyway, a bunch of former players and commentators said um, that was a bit harsh. Him yeah. getting five weeks was harsh. I think they should have gone and fought it because at the end of the day, you've got the match review committee, which is one thing. They come with penalty. Mm. Then the actual tribunal or whatever is ex-players. Yeah. And so if the sentiment of ex-players is that that was a bit harsh, yeah. he could have got a downgrade. So whether, yeah, whether but, he, if he'd gone there and fought and lost and got five weeks, seven weeks instead of five weeks, I think it was worth rolling the dice that he could have come away with two weeks, you know what I mean? Two or three weeks. Yeah, off- I didn't mind that. I think the,
1: the issue they had as much as anything was that it was <clears throat> a bad look. And so if they're going to go fight it, it is actually drawing attention to the fact that what you're actually complaining about here is not that he's done something and he's been penalised it, but he has been penalised differently to someone else. So it puts you in a really bad public relations position. Yeah. And, you know, you've got Andrew Voss coming out in Twitter saying, you know, this is the quote, absolutely staggered by the charge against Raiders, Canberra, Hudson Young, in light of the Josh Maguire light penalty earlier this year. Explanation is required for not just Canberra, but all fans. And he's absolutely spot on with that. You know, what was the difference? What was the difference there that made such a huge difference at the end of the day? Because to mind, there wasn't one. And it really did
0: grind my gears and that, but there wasn't a whole lot that could be done. But- I still think fighter. I still think fighter. If, if if so many people think that it was unjust that he got such a harsh penalty mm. in light of Maguire getting such a lenient one, why wouldn't you go to the tribunal? Why wouldn't you argue your case? That's all I'm going to say. I found it baffling that the club didn't uh, pursue it. I must say I didn't ask about it.
1: Um, but, yeah, no, I, I probably would have fought it too. I would have fought all those years ago uh, Michael Wayman when he punched Daniel Conn in the face and got sent off for a king hit when all the evidence showed Daniel Conn that grubby, grubby, vile little... Gold Coast pretty boy that he was, coming flying in, grabbing Wayman around the neck and the tackle, which was completely legal, grappling around his neck, and then putting swinging arms into his face. And then when Wayman came up, remonstrating, giving him something to go on with and a mouthful of lip. Now. When you're doing that to someone after you've done swinging arms to their face and they stand up and they punch you repeatedly in the face, it is not a king hit. It might be a punch, it might be a fracker, but it is not a king hit. A king hit is something that's unexpected and done without any good reason at all. Daniel Kahn knew exactly why he got punched in his pretty boy face, which weren't so pretty after that when horse got finished with you, but somehow horse not only Not got that set we're off,
0: containing violence. Horse? No, no, In that particular
1: instance, I was. Daniel Kahn deserved to be punched in the face repeatedly, and I'm glad that he was. Looking back on it now, I'm glad, pretty boy, Daniel Kahn got punched repeatedly he's, in the he's face. Don't
0: right. worry, he's doing alright. He's doing alright. Is he? Well...
1: You know, I, I just want to call you out. Just like I'll call Kevin Proctor out constantly for wanting to feel other men's genitalia on the football field, I'm going to call you out, Daniel Con, you pretty boy. While
0: yeah. we're on the subject of Michael Wayman um, punching people in the face, do you yeah. remember when he punched Piggy Riddell and they both got sent to the Sen- Sinbin? It was a game against Parramatta. It was on yeah. a Saturday night. I ran it later that night. I ran into uh, Wayman after I had quite a few drinks and I went up to him and said, what um, did Riddell, because Riddell said something to him and then, <laughs> and then Wayman came up swinging. I said, what did he say to you? And he said, he called me a fat C. And I thought, well, the hide of the, hide, the hypocrisy <laughs> <in> that. <laughs> the hide of that. The hide of Piggy Riddle. But I'll say, Michael wayman he was a bit of a hothead. I mean, really. They, oh, yeah, he's yeah, a good boy yeah, yeah. from Maria you know if, of all the things to have you seen the to... bronze statue yes. of him down at Maria it's brilliant yeah. I just love it he looks like a saltaran
1: from Doctor Who <laughs> 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 it's hilarious no I missed the horse he was great he yeah. was wonderful you, I did he, ask him he, about that incident why didn't you fight it and he said I wanted to the club wouldn't let me yeah so you know I didn't understand that reason because I thought it was totally justified and at the time Peter Sterling said it look we're going up to Banquist Stadium on Friday night Yes And uh, tonight it will be From when this podcast comes
0: out And we're playing against the side there The West Tigers Where They're very hot and cold this year They've been very they They've sort of had one good performance And then a terrible one But And uh, last time they were here They got touched up
1: by the Eels On the on the opening of this stadium That was the last time they were at Bank West And yeah. now basically Madge Maguire The ex-Raiders player Has come out and basically said Elijah Taylor Russell Packer um, Madaleno, yeah. a, a whole raft of he's, players. He's putting his own stamp on the squad. He's saying, y- you look for another club because you're not coming here. Um, and all of those players, with the exception of Elijah Taylor, are playing this weekend. And so they're now playing for a new, well, he was for a, a new contract. But I'll say
0: they're all um, Kiwi internationals. He yeah. would have been their coach as well. But, um... uh, and they're good players, as far as yeah. I can tell. I, I, I don't have anything against any of those players. Look, I, I think
1: they've got a lot going for them this season, the West Tigers. I'm surprised their results you know, ha- have only been to the level they are, because you know, I, I think they've got a really good squad. And the, the team that takes the field this weekend, you've got Alex Twile in the front row, who I think we can agree has been a revelation. Great big unit. You've got Madalino, who's a good front rower. You've got Robbie Farah, who's just having a complete rebirth of his career at hooker. Um, Chris McQueen, that's one of the players who's playing for a new contract. <laughs> he's pretty rubbish. <clears throat> he is, but he's found form. You've got Ryan Madison, who's come them from the Roosters. He's a good player. He's a he's very a player. good player. Yeah. Eisenhuth at lock.
0: A very good, solid player. Paul uh, Paul Gallant's cousin. Is that right? Yeah. I did no, not know that's that. a reason not to like him, isn't it? <laughs> I like Paul Gallant. Oh, come on. I do. <laughs> Paul Gallant's got a lot you of integrity. Like, you like every just just. You know what tosser. I like about
1: Paul Gallant? When you go and do interviews with players after the game, right, and you ask them a question... And they just mumble shit cliches at you. And you know, then you ask them a question because you actually want to find out what they think, and they mumble shit cliches. So when you come across players who you ask them a hard question, they actually answer it, you love them. And you ask Paul Gallen what he thinks, and he bloody well tells you. Fair and, enough. And I love it about him, you know, and he gives you a long interview and he shows you that respect, but he's exactly who he says he is. He's there's no pretense about him. And you know, that's why I love Daily Cherry Evans. You talk to the man, he actually answers you, you know? He's a, he's a nice bloke. I know everyone thinks he's a prick, but I don't see any evidence of... I think he's bloody brilliant. I thought he's great in Origin too. on the subject. So the West Tigers back line, Brooks and Marshall and Hart are good. Then you've got Eson Masters, we know he's got talent. Momorowski, I don't know too much about. He was with the Roosters too, yeah. wasn't he? But he's got some talent. You've got Robert Jennings on one wing. He's a try-scoring machine. On the other one, you've got Corey Thompson. He's more a fullback, but certainly is more than a little bit... Capable. Moses Embi, he won't be tired at all from his 10 minutes... For Queensland, you got then probably their bench falls away. So you've got little McLeay, uh, um, Al- Josh Allaway, and Michael Shecam um, there, and you saw Chris Lawrence's back from his massive facial reconstruction. Yeah. So he may force his
0: way into the side. That's a good side. It's not terrible. It's not. A, a, and and the side we're putting, you know, we're still waiting to see, um, you know, the final makeup of the side post Origin. Are we going to talk about Origin? Uh, now? we're going to talk about Origin now. So I mean, I, I think I think that's you know how worried were you when Nick Cotrich went down clutching his knee oh, i just i swore a lot <laughs> i swore a lot and get oh, of course of course and then when i saw him play, i saw, i thought he'd gone off and then when they yeah. came back and he was on the wing and he looked all right i thought what, what what's going on there and i think he'll be rested though i wouldn't i wouldn't play him. him on friday night against the tigers i think um, you know, Simonson um, has been. Simonson? Simonson? Yeah. Well, we worked out how you say his name. Yet? I'm not sure anyway. But um, he's going to be on the wing. It's just he's going to be in the centre, you know, because Kotrick's
1: in the centre. Yeah. That. Are you going to bring Sebastian Chris up there? Because I thought he got. His defence got shown up a little bit. Are you going to bring Oldfield up in that spot? Because I think that was interesting there. I think if Kotrick's fit, I reckon you play him. We need these two points. If he's fit, we play him in that match. He got a lot of traffic at him. And he had to do a lot of work in that match, but I reckon he's young enough to come up. We know Papali can back up. Yeah, he did, they were here. That was a big game for Papali. That was a that was a brutal. Uh, you know, it was. But and I think Jack Whitehead is going to want to get out there the straight good, away and the play. The good thing about support. the
0: good thing about Jack Whitehead is um, he's made so many mistakes from his career during his career. He's you know kicked the ball out in the fall. He's done he's done so many stupid things or bad things or you know unfortunate poor, poor things. He's a bit like a goldfish. He just moves on. They say about Jimmy Mulaney, he doesn't you know, carry his divots. He, he makes a mistake and he just next set his back. He, just, he de- doesn't sulk. And I think that Jack Whiten is probably the same. So hopefully he won't yeah. be coming down too down in the dumps. I want to say
1: something about Jack White. He came on the moment Latrell Mitchell went off. He came on to play 5-8 while Cody K- Walker came off. At the same moment, <clears throat> as Latrell Mitchell got sin binned. So he comes on. He comes on onto that left side. All of a sudden, <clears throat> not just being uh, five eight in the
0: biggest bloody match of the year, but being a left centre all at the same time. With and also coming at them. I mean, he's on the bench as a utility, so he's got to be prepared to slot in anywhere. He does, but, but does he have to do two positions? No. And simultaneously? also. And also it's probably not the role he thought he was going to play. He probably thought he was going to come in through the middle, you know, and sort of play as a roving lock, whatever, how people play those middle... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That middle role in Origin. So, yeah, very hard to um, suddenly get thrown in the, at, at, at that <laughs> level of intensity and pace. and. I want to say in defence of that intercept,
1: New South Wales had 12 men on the field. <laughs> they got to the other end of the field by absolutely grinding it out through, a, a, a you know, getting a penalty... And leapfrogging out and they were on the attack and Whiten got that ball and he swept across and he dragged defenders across and went around them and he got to the position where it was a two-on-one with him and Addo Carr and there was Dane Gagai. If Whiten at that stage because Gagai knew that pass was coming and went for it a lot of people said it's the most telegraphed intercept in origin history. Maybe it is maybe it's not I don't know. What I do know if Jack had held that ball and gone sideways for the line he would have scored He had actually created the opportunity where, if the pass goes to Adakoop Car, it's a try, and if he holds the ball and runs, it's a try. The only thing that was in between that was Gagai going,
0: "I've got to get that ball." Yeah, and
1: he did it. But Jack had actually gone, and optimistically opened that opportunity. I know.
0: Was it was I was (laughs) it was at that moment. It's you know that's the thing. It's a fine line. Those ones. Mm. He was about to be covered with glory, and unfortunately, yeah. But he did nothing wrong. I thought he was really good. I mean, when he got charged down by Matt Gillette,
1: the ball came to him like five hours too late. So Gillette was already on top of him when he got that ball. And his idea was, I'm going to kick the living crap out of that rather than the experienced playmaker at this area. That guy's coming through. I'm going to step around him and do it again. Because Jack is a blunt player. He's a blunt object. We know that. You know, there isn't a You're lot saying of... he's not the sharpest tool in the shed? No, no, he's not the, he, there's not a lot of nuance to his play because that's not the sort of play he does. He is hard at you, at the line, run hard, go hard. He's not the, I'm going to quickly adjust my form of play here. He's the, I'm going to bloody do this now. So I'm not saying he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm saying
0: that's <laughs> that's not his
1: game. Other <laughs> halfbacks always see things coming at them and they adjust for it. But Jack's the sort of bloke where you got it, come at me, pal. That's that's the sort of player he's always been. Come at me. I'm not scared and he's not scared. I reckon he's gonna
0: have a ball terror of a match against the West Tigers. I hope so. <laughs> I, think I hope he so. Is. I hope so. Do you think the the, the Benji factor is it true I'm still not sure if we've never beaten Benji. Was there one recently? Well, where we've we did-
1: beaten Benji, just not in Canberra. Oh right. Benji Marshall has never lost, lost in Canberra in, uh, Canberra Stadium yeah. ever. No once, not ever. Yeah. The times he's lost to the Raiders have been up in Sydney. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> but he's never lost in Canberra. Not once. Even when he came down with the Auckland Blues off the bench, didn't lose that one either (laughs) against the Brumbies. Didn't lose that one either. So, um, yeah, but the, the side, we've got... Dynamis Louie who's doing quite
0: well Havili at hooker who, who played a good match he, he, was, he was good obviously you could see the service was a little bit slower and less crisp than Hodgson but you know that's always going to be hard to replace isn't it yeah. Oh, yeah you can't replace Josh Hodgson unless you get Cameron Smith I mean that's it no, I mean that's
1: really your other option isn't it that's yeah. the only other person who can do it Josh Papali you don't have to worry about him Bateman and Whitehead in the second row I would argue is the best second row combination in the rugby league right now I, I don't think there's one, another one that's in that league of of two players that are in that good form, that are that reliable in their positions, both in attack and defence. Tarpanay, who was much better for the run against North Queensland Cowboys.
0: He was. Hopefully hopefully (laughs) he'll
1: improve again. Yeah, that'll be good. Williams and Whiten in the halves. Kotrick and Croker in the centres. Simmons and Rapana... Isn't that wonderful that Jordan Rapana's um, back? Sorry,
0: I do worry that he comes back too early. I mean, I know he's—it's now his thing to come back early. Mm. But I saw during the week on TV they had, um, you know, footage from training and, and they had him running around with a huge like amount of strapping on his leg and I don't know. maybe you got C&K at fullback, which is great. Tom Starling, I thought, did well <coughs> off the bench. Smallest, smallest
1: <laughs> player in the NRL now is he? Makes his tackles though. Yeah. Makes his tackles. Uh, Emre Gould has come up in place of Hudson Young, C.S. Oliola, and Ryan Sutton, again, on the bench. Extended bench, Caesar uh, Royce Hunt. I'd really love to go and see Royce Hunt. I think
0: every time I've seen him, I've been really impressed with the ball it's, running. I think it's. I don't think the issue is his ball running. I yeah. think it's the classic one. I think it's probably defensively. Yeah. That lateral movement that's, his, yeah. that's holding him back. Which is the same reason we're not seeing Jack Murchie's name there, I think, at the, at yeah. the same Yeah, well, he, he missed that one. Mm. He played that one game. Manly. Yeah, and he Wasn't kind of good. was, was the, the scapegoat for that one. And... But this is, this is a danger game against the West Tigers this weekend. Um, Any way
1: the two points are gotten is a valid way, as far as I'm concerned. Of course. Um, get those. It's back on. on I'd on rather three. win ugly than lose, lose <laughs> yeah. pretty. Yeah, we've <laughs> lost a lot pretty, haven't we, people? Uh, fun. But let's look at uh, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. One, two, three. And there are reasons to be cheerful this week, Blake. Um, we just mentioned it, Jordan Rarp in back. It's always lovely to see him back there. He has been... If... Hopefully it's
0: for an extended period because we keep on yeah. having him coming back and then he goes away again.
1: Yeah, Look, and they've just opened contract negotiations with him and I think we need to keep him at the club. We threw him out a lifeline when he needed one and he has more than returned that. He's more returned the love for oh, yeah. that.
0: He's been... The greatest winger that's ever played for the Canberra and you keep on trying to come up with reasons why he's not but believe me he is... Oh, look, I love Jordan Rupp and I really,
1: really do. And I love as much as the next person Hyper Bowl. I mean, I am a Hyper Bowl king, right? I love Hyper Bowl. That, don't get me wrong, Blake. But Chika Ferguson's the greatest winger this club has ever had. I don't think... No, I, I'm sorry. I, look, if there's a listener
0: out there who doesn't tear up when they're watching the 89 grand final and watches Chika go look, over Look, he was track. exciting and he was great. And... and Everyone, I was there on the hill, you know, even back at Seaford, when as soon as everyone, Chicka got the ball, the whole crowd stood up and went, Chicka! You know, but in terms of what um, uh, Rappina delivers to the side and has delivered on a consistent basis, I think it's it's beyond comparison. And
1: when he steps back inside in the last moments of a match and instead of going for the the corner where the try could easily have been scored, steps back inside, not one, but two, but three international footballers to score next to the post. So yeah, because he, <laughs> he knew him out.
0: But he did it, and he goes in
1: between. Wayne Pearce, he goes past. Helmsley was in there. Slipping yeah, over.
0: Yeah, <laughs> whatever. But they slipped over because Chica went jinked back in and yeah, out. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It was And it was one of the few times that Laurie actually passed in the ball, because I used to always go to these games at Seaford Oval. Mm. Laurie Daly in the centres was such a hog. Oh, yeah. He was such a hog. And everyone would be, give it to Chigga, give it to Chigga. And it always go himself. Well, the best thing that actually happened in that moment is
1: Laurie Daly doesn't realise it's six again. Oh, right. No, he does not realise that Bill Harrigan's got his head above his thing saying it's six again. Because he's got that bandage covering yeah, his he eyes. He knows <laughs> that he has to get out there and they have to score. That's all he knows. He's and got he so much tape right his away. head. He gets it and he goes... And he throws it over the like head. Like a sticker. Had he seen that it was six again, Laurie Daly might not have passed that ball. There you go. So it'd be very good. Uh, but wrapping the backs, great. No origin injuries. Um, Just getting
0: back to Mal's poor kicking in goal kicking grand mm. finals. I um, re-watched the highlights of the nineteen um, ninety one grand final. Mm. I kind of glossed over it at the time because I wasn't really that upset because we won the previous two. And you know, mm. some people were like, you know kicking cats and dogs and getting all upset and I was like I was oh, well." depressed I was like oh well you know you can't win them all and Penrith a good team and you know mm-hmm. I wasn't devastated by any means mm. watching back the highlights of that game Mal just missed every single conversion that's why we lost mm. that's why we lost that game I think he kicked like one out of four or something like that yeah well Gary Belcher should be kicking he was a far better kicker but for some reason he wasn't yeah well the, remember the one year that Gary Belcher kicked 88 uh, while Mal was out pretty yeah. much the whole season with his busted arm, yeah. he was like the top point scorer he of the was. whole season. was the, the season. top point scorer <laughs> of the season. He a great kicker. And, and in 1991, he wasn't the only
1: person in that particular side who was a, a, a recognised converter of the ball.
0: You know, Mark Bell was there as well, and he was a recognised goal kicking player. Yeah, you know, um, interesting. I'll tell you the other interesting thing about watching Mal um, <laughs> kicking um, or missing all those goals is watching it with my son, and he's like, why are they using dirt? Why, why, why is he stabbing with his toe? But I will why is say, why with his toe on, was, a, on a pile of dirt? It was 1990
1: <laughs> or 91. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was it's 1991, and we were playing Canterbury Bankstown, and we weren't doing very well. And they were grinding it out as they always did because they were a great side, grubby but a great side. That Canterbury Bankstown side of the early 90s, yeah,
0: cement Gillespie, yeah. and
1: we oh what a player. Um, and we hadn't been doing well, and they were up by Dean Pay. Uh, yeah, oh what a great player. And they were up by 10 points um, with like five minutes to go and all of a sudden the Raiders decided to play and we got one try under the sticks and we were four points behind and literally with the very last play of the game on the northern hand in, in the right hand corner on, I remember the, on the western side, Brad Clyde literally put the ball in the very corner of the try line in order to score and it was all the score was tied up this was before golden point and the wind was swirling, and the crowd was up, because we'd been getting crap from Canterbury supporters all day, and the wind was swirling around that, and there's Mal from the sideline with his toe-poke kick, kicking to win the match.
0: I know the it's the line. only time I ever see him kick one from the sideline. I have never <laughs> seen it, and I was
1: right behind him, and he kicked it, and it never looked like missing, and it erupted. The stadium erupted, and I will never forget that moment. It was absolutely outstanding. It was absolutely outstanding, but we need to get on to... Um, we need to get on to one of the things we did this week. And we called out to you to give us your poetry, your prose and so on uh, about um, C.N.K. and and Bateman because we think they're, they're worthy of some absolutely fantastic prose. So myself and Blake to read some of the best ones. I'm going to start you with the one that I sent. Uh, this is a haiku, which is five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, Japanese poem, that I wrote for our John Bateman. And it goes, How good, John Bateman, Yorkshireman with will of steel. Hail the returned king. What have you got for us now? Uh, would you read your other one as well? Okay, okay. I did this one. Sean's Nicole Klockstad. Clark- Who the <laughs> You're hell is struggling th- with his name? Yeah, okay? yeah, I am. Who the
0: hell is that player? Our best
1: since the badge.
0: There you go. I came up with a couple myself, mm-hmm. and uh, as soon as I can find mine. As soon as you can find yours. <laughs> that's right. Where, I mean, where uh, could they be? Yes. Okay. He came from Wigan to show us all he could play. The man, John Bateman. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. I wonder if he's had I
1: wonder if he's had um, prose written about him previously, you know, because uh, probably you think probably you think I'm not sure he would have. I think we might be the very best people. Um, here we go. Here's another one from Blake. Uh is it chance? Better than Edwards or Dufty. We are
0: truly blessed. Yes. It's got a spiritual vibe, that one. It does, it does. It's got a very, very good we got, one. We got some others on the on the Facebook page. Uh, Charles Ironside. Well, here's a limerick, which seems appropriate for the green team. Chance is our new fullback. Warriors thought he was a hack, but Raiders knew better and sent him a letter, and now we're not handing him back. Nice one, Chuck.
1: That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was very good. Um, John Christopher, who wanted out of New Zealand? Oh, there yeah, yeah, once was a kid named Nicole Klockstad <laughs> who wanted out of New Zealand real, real bad. Oh, that's dreadful. A Raiders contract, he'd ink. Our spine would be in... Ahem, would be in C&K. Oh, God. Would be in sync. Oh. A finer young fullback we've not had than
0: this lad. That's actually pretty good, John Christopher. And you should have just gone with sync in this stuff rather than... Yeah. Isn't it? He's, he's got a high here as well. Freezing Canberra before flailing chance dashes. Oh, that's so bad. I can't Under the top it. knot. That's <laughs> good. I can't that's good. I like it. Whose idea was this segment? Uh, mine. Mine,
1: I came up with this one. Uh, we got, okay, okay. Matthew lippiot Sidman's come up with To the Victory Song from 8 Mile by M Eminem, um, which I don't know because so, I haven't seen 8 Mile. You haven't seen 8 Mile? I've never seen 8 Mile. No. You're so white, man. I, I, really? You <laughs> think? I actually went back and looked at my heritage because I was working in Indigenous deployment for ages. Yeah, I am the whitest person I've ever met. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Everybody in a Raiders T, put your Viking clap hands up and follow... Beatty E. Everybody in a Raiders T, put your Viking clan hands up and follow Beatty E. Now what you know about a sweet baity E from the ENG. None of these skills you bout to see come free. So you wanna be a sweet bait E, you've gotta become he if you ever wanna be one C.
0: So maybe I'll have to try and edit in some beats or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I'll just edit out this whole segment. (laughs) What else have we got? got? I think there's one. I think there's one more. I'm just going to find it. Hang a sec. Uh, It's
1: very amusing anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Uh, Here we go. Read this one.
1: Uh, He's our man Bateman Bateman, He's our man Grouchier, greener Badder and meaner Than the guy in the garbage can Bateman, Bateman He's our guy Beat up the doggies With a busted eye Johnny boy, Johnny boy Can't understand a word He's saying Just a few rounds Had him changing the name Of Bateman's Bay Johnny boy, Johnny boy Without him we've lost Ricky and Donnie Better keep him
0: fit Regardless of cost That's a good one They'll probably stay in there Yeah Okay, that's enough for that segment.
1: Uh, I didn't mind that one at all. (laughs) I think it's
0: very, very good. Anyway,
1: um, now, I do need to tell you, and he's coming soon, a great fan and long-term listener of our show, Dennis Carnahan is bringing Rugby League, the musical, to town to the street theatre... Um, at the end of June or July, I can't remember which one he's told me, and I, I've got no freaking idea which one it was. Maybe I'll, I'll look up and see if he's, yeah. he sent me anything. I went
0: last year. It was very, it was a very good night. Yeah, I was, I was meant very, to come. Very entertaining. Um, I was actually sitting um, right behind the Kumakuna.
1: Oh, that's right, Sammy Williams. So I
0: assume that must have been the VIP section. It was definitely the VIP (laughs) segment. Um, So it's Saturday night, July
1: 27th, Rugby League, the the musical, uh, at the Street Theatre. Saturday night, that's good, because last year was a very cold Sunday night. night, yeah. Yeah, and just after we got smashed by the Melbourne Storm, which made it really bad. But... There will be uh, free comp tickets for a competition coming out through Raiders Review with Blake and The Pork, um, for and we haven't figured out what the competition will be, as well as there will be through the Greenhouse competition for some free tickets as well. Uh, more information on that when it comes to hand. But I do um, encourage you all to come out and see Dennis Cunningham, because yeah, it is very amusing.
0: It's it's a one-man uh, musical show with a lot of costume changes, yep. a lot of props, Yeah, very yep. entertaining.
1: Making fun of Rugby League, its yep. players and all the people around it in a way that we'd like. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a number of Raiders players there, but I just wanted to give you a heads up that was happening. Um, I think we've uh, come to the end of about what we had to say on things, yep. unless you had something else to say. No, nah, that's uh, it. Okay, well, so you've been listening to uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, uh, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, brought to you with the dubious and highly qualified support of The Greenhouse, the Raiders' number one forum on the net. Get on online and get arguing. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm the Blake. I'm, I'm the Blake. I'm oh, the Pork. Oh, no, hang on. I'm the Pork. <laughs> I'm Blake. <laughs> yeah, no, we got that wrong. Okay, well, we're some people talking to you anyway, so it's been awesome.